Mandy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. My guest today is Jeff Mims. Jeff is a creativity studies scholar and researcher who explores ways to experience optimal performance throughout life. Jeff is a current doctor of psychology candidate, an active presenter on topics related to music and psychology, and is operations lead at the Music and Expressive Arts Center of Oklahoma, an organization focused on training and education at the intersection of music and mental wellness. Welcome to Enhance Life with Music, Jeff. Hello, hello, Mindy. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. This is such a treat for me to chat with you in real time. We connected a while back on LinkedIn and discovered pretty quickly that we're both very simpatico when it comes to the topics of music and psychology and love the work you're doing and certainly share your passion for the power of music as a tool in the mental health toolkit. Absolutely. So starting out, tell us about what's happening at the Music and Expressive Arts Center at that intersection of music and mental wellness. And at some point, I want you to tell us too, where you are in this process of the doctor of psychology that you're working on. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yes, so Music and Expressive Arts Center of Oklahoma, um, we are an organization here in Oklahoma City that was created basically organically. You know, as you can imagine, music and psychology is a is a certain sector of like community, right? So in an attempt to really find our people in Oklahoma, when we couldn't find them, we essentially created this organization as a way to, you know, to reach out to our community and essentially find our people. And so what we do is we facilitate workshops and training seminars at the intersection of psychology, mental wellness, music, the creative arts. And what we're really doing is we're trying to play our role in this conversation that our society at large is having around mental wellness and introduce these different modalities, creative modalities and expressive arts modalities, but also placing an emphasis on music because one, as the operations lead of Miyako, my doctoral research is really specifically heavily related to music and psychology. Mm -hmm. And I'll just interject real quick that Miyako must be how you pronounce the acronym of Music and Expressive Arts Center in Oklahoma. Did I get that right? Yes, that's that's (laughs) correct. Yeah, so Miyako for short, just because, you know. Yeah, it's a mouthful. But no, yeah, so that's what we do. And tell us where you are in your Doctor of Psychology process. I am finalizing my dissertation as we speak. I am doing my another round of edits and really just going back through to make sure I've got everything I need. I concluded the re- actually concluded the research study last summer, and it was a qualitative study on a specific music experience um, that happens for professional musicians. And I can't wait till this is done where I can actually reveal this and reveal this, the results mm-hmm. from this study. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to do that, but I am nearing the end and, and hopefully that will happen for me before May. That's the plan. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Getting right up to the finish line here, aren't you? Congratulations on that. Well, Miyako and their website says that Miyako uses music to empower new ideas in today's mental health professions. Tell us about what some of those new ideas are that you're seeing at that intersection of mental health and music. The mental health conversation right now is is everywhere, right? So people mm-hmm. are, organizations, individuals are interested in really understanding or even talking about mental health on the basic level. And so my training basically teaches me that 
Mental health is a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, you have clinical mental illness and mental diagnosis. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have positive psychology and humanistic and existential modalities and and different approaches to Mm -hmm. mental wellness and well-being. With Miyako, some of the new ideas that we're bringing are more in line with humanistic and positive psychology in the sense that we want to encourage people to tap into maybe things that they haven't tapped into. So how can you be not only mentally healthy, but mentally well? Like how can you flourish and be on the Mm -hmm. end of the spectrum where you're more closely associated with happiness and feelings of joy and things like that? And so what we know is that creativity and self-expression, music more specifically, can help to produce those type of things. Even as a way of processing feelings and, and ideas and emotions, music And creativity and self-expression really have a way of, really have a magical way of doing that for the individual. Yeah, I like how you talk about the spectrum of mental wellness, because there is a spectrum and all of us can be optimizing our mental wellness, whether we're at the end of the spectrum where we have a diagnosed mental illness, or we're at the end of the spectrum where we just want to thrive and achieve our optimal performance. With Miyako's work, does it pretty much address that entire spectrum or is it more focused in a certain spot along the spectrum? As a mental health professional, you kind of have to be ready to listen and appropriately address whatever shows up in the moment. So that's something that we take very seriously, but it's also part of our team approach. We can refer, we can link anyone and kind of meet individuals where they are. But, you know, a lot of times these are individuals who may just want to learn about psychology or want to explore their own creative gifts. So, you know, we're more closely aligned with the positive psychology and in creativity as as far as mental wellness. How can you tap into your gifts, really gifts that you may not have been aware of? Or how can we awaken and nourish some of the creativity that may lie dormant? Um, how can we do that in a way that's going to help you flourish and thrive within the society? So what are some of the methods and ways that you're seeing being effective with using music to enhance mental health and wellness? We are a member of the International Expressive Arts Therapy Association as well. And so we use those modalities, the modalities that are um, in line with person-centered expressive arts therapy. So There are moments of, you know, free writing or deep music listening exercises and free body movement. And then, of course, these modalities place heavy emphasis on an individual's creativity. And so in an exercise, an individual may something may show up where they're listening to a song. There may be something in the lyrics that emerge or speak to something that they're feeling more deeply And so that may be the very thing that they either share with another individual because we may have a breakout session. And so those are some of the modalities that we use to to really help the individual tap in and and see what's going on as a way of really listening to themselves. And when we do that, it's always really transformational, the things that can come out of those types of experiences with the use of those modalities and different methods. So when you talk about using those modalities, the modalities of the international group, I think you mentioned free body movement. So is that dance? Exactly. That's exactly okay. what it is. So, so break the other modalities <laughs> down into like layperson's terms. Okay. What were some of the other ones that you mentioned? So there is like a free writing, which is where you just write freely for 10 minutes, right? Like, let's just say that's the exercise. So, you okay. are, and the goal of this exercise, and this is 
created by Dr. Natalie Rogers, the goal of this exercise is to just keep the pen moving. So you may draw, you may doodle, you may um, write a poem, whatever shows up for you in that moment. And what we believe is that whatever shows up for you, there's a reason that that's showing up and that's important. Not only is it important, but those things have meanings that are deeply meaningful psychologically, right? And so that's information that we can use to help you process what it is that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's one modality. Another one is the deep music listening exercise, which is where you basically close your eyes and you open yourself up to this music experience. And then in a similar way, um, because the modalities, they can overlap and you can yeah. use whatever works for you. Because again, everybody doesn't want to dance when it's time to explore with the dance modality. And so mm-hmm. everyone is open to choose which modality works best for, or you can just simply listen and, and we can talk about what you feel or because we're all feeling and experiencing and having a different experience, even in the same, even though we're sharing that moment, we're all living and having a different experience. So yeah, there's free body movement, which is dance or the deep music listening, and then the doodling or or free writing exercise. So are those sort of the three main modalities then? Yeah, those are the three main ones that we use. There are others because there are other sections of creativity and expressive arts where scholars take their own expertise and, you know, kind of focus in on this thing. Mm -hmm. Looking forward down the line, the future, that is definitely something that we want to do with Miyako because our organization is focused on music research and and what happens with music listening. And and so we really want to more or less specialize in that more, but we're open to the expressive arts piece as well, because again, You know, music may not be the modality of choosing for each individual. Okay. So since Miyako does focus more on the music modalities, do you have some go-to ways that you recommend to give ideas for how music can be utilized to improve mental health? Any books? What are some resources that you're familiar with that you recommend? There are, of course, there are tons of books, not necessarily on music and psychology, to be honest, because when I was doing my research, this is actually one of the things that I found is that there really is such a gap in scarcity in the field of psychology as it relates to music and mental wellness. I'm not saying there isn't anything because there are books um, like Being Music, The Art of Improvis- Open Improvisation by Mark Miller. Um, that's, that's a good book. Of course, there's Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience by by Mahaya Csikszentmihalyi. And that's really not really about music, even though there's some music there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like there are different sources where you can kind of pull out different elements of like, for example, when I read Flow as a musician, I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely a flow space, that happy place. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Music definitely provides that. And so there are sources and books, but research is still being done in this field. Psychology Today is a good place where you see new studies and different things being done regarding like Dr. Sharam Hajmat, Psychology Today. He did an article on six ways music can boost your mood. And I think one was musical pleasure. So just the Mm. pleasure of listening to music and the relaxation that it provides. There are medical and physiological benefits that you get just from taking a moment and listening to music that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Music as catharsis, that flooding of emotions. Sometimes music can articulate even better than we can what we're experiencing. You know, we've seen that with mm-hmm. blues music or music that is heavily lyrical, you know, love songs, things like that. Feeling the music, feeling connected to the music, 
moving in rhythm, of course. Everyone knows that exercise is healthy. So is music and authentic movement as a way of dancing and responding. Just that authentic movement to music has physical and medical benefits. Mm -hmm. Zumba is something that kind of comes to mind. He also mentioned music as a friend, being seen and heard. Imagine having a rough day, but you don't have any one to really go to psychotherapy. You don't want to, but you're still having that experience. Sometimes music, the right song at the right time can create a shift in your mood and alter your mm -hmm. state of consciousness. Music brings memories. A song can transport you back to a specific moment in time. That state of mind and that state of being can shift you to a happy place. Uh, music mm -hmm. has that capacity. And again, this the, the research in the field is still being done. This is an area that I would probably say within the next 10 years is going to be you know, because again, the mental health conversation is at an all-time high. Right. People are looking for new ways to have this conversation and, and music is a great one. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Psychology Today site because I know you, a lot of the posts that you have posted, I love all of them, but a lot of them I, I'm realizing do come from Psychology Today. And I think some of those posts have led to some podcast guests on this podcast. It's a great resource and not all of it, of course, is music related, but there are quite a few posts related to music and mental wellness. Absolutely. So I love that idea. And a lot of the methods that you're describing in terms of feeling like you have a friend, maybe you have a bad day, you have something going on that you're struggling with, just listening to those lyrics, as you pointed out, can make us feel like, oh, I'm not the only person who is experiencing this or has experienced this. Somebody else can relate to this too, so much so that they wrote these lyrics that are really resonating with me right now. Absolutely. And with lyrics, there are those subjective meanings, right? Like it means something for me and then it means something different for you. But then there are also those intersubjective qualities that where we, you know, we can really essentially feel, we can feel what they're feeling and they can feel what we're feeling. And that creates a shift. And I mean, that it can be transformational mm -hmm. beyond what we can imagine, honestly. Uh huh. If someone's listening to this and they say, okay, I'm kind of pinpointing where I feel I am on that mental health spectrum that you described, I wonder what I could do to just move myself a little bit closer to that thriving end of the spectrum using music. What would you recommend? What are a few little things that people could do with music that maybe we haven't mentioned yet? Absolutely. I would start with music that you enjoy. And the reason I say that is because there is a reason that you enjoy it, but you may not even be fully aware of the reasons why you enjoy that particular music, you know, a particular sound. And so I would, I would start there because there is a reason why you are attracted to this certain music or music makes you feel a certain way. And so I, I would begin there and then and just see what emerges for you. I would go down that rabbit hole for sure. As you've been describing some of these different options and modalities and methods, I'm realizing a lot of us probably do these to some extent. We probably do use music therapeutically to some extent, but we may not really be recognizing that exactly. that's what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. So for example, the free body movement, that was more, it's dance related, but music would make that so much better. I mean, right, who's going right. to just dance with no music going. Right. So next time anyone feels like they want to just bump up the mental wellness a notch using music, pick some good dance music and yeah. just start moving to it. 
And I think it's probably possible for us to get more benefit out of that just by being cognizant of the effect that it is having. We just kind of do these things without thinking. Maybe we're feeling sad. And so we put some sad music on, you know, the classic breakup song after yeah. after we've broken up with someone. And just being aware of the therapeutic benefit that that has, I think can enhance and exponentially benefit us as we're, as we're experiencing that. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. And it comes back to uh, a term that we use in psychology, even in psychotherapy, it's called openness. And so Mm. approaching with openness, which is what allows a newfound awareness or allows an opportunity or a moment of transformation A lot of times people are looking for this big boom, bam, you know, complete shift 180. And, you know, that's great if that happens, but you may only be allowed a moment. You may be only afforded a moment. And so with these approaches, even if you're only able to have a moment, that one moment can be the shift and change that you need that can be really meaningful. Just being open to exploring a new music, there may be that one moment that you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like, aha. Hmm. Enhancing lines with music, it's just, even if even if all you get is a moment, we really, that that's kind of what our focus is. We want to try to create as many of those moments as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to just tell people, um, Mindy, the work that you're doing in this field is like, so amazing. It's so incredible. I've been able to connect with, you know, other scholars in the field. Um, And I I talk a lot about our community, the music and psychology community, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's really what we are. You know, we're from all over the world, but it's really, it's really cool when you are able to connect with your people. So I appreciate everything that you're doing. And I really believe your website is, is a database that we can visit and and tap into Mm -hmm. to get other you know, to expand our knowledge on on music and, and how it makes us feel and how it greatly impacts the way we experience the world. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Here's a quick break for one of our sponsors. Someone may have told you that art isn't for you, but they were wrong. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It a podcast where you will discover creative ways to improve your health and well-being. Anyone can create arts for the health of it. No talent or experience necessary. Miyako is a leading organization sharing music and psychology research. Are there any particular research studies? I know you said this is still a developing area, but are there any particular studies that have really caught your attention or that you're, you have your eye on? whether it's something that's an ongoing study or something that was recently completed that you want to tell us about? Yeah, absolutely. We share a ton of content, as you know, on, on LinkedIn. And what's funny, what, one thing that we've learned is our community, the music and psychology community is, it's not the largest community, but you know, we do have a community of people from all over the world who really embrace and really feel strongly connected with music and it has mental health benefits, right? And so we share a ton of content Um, And a lot of times if you look for, um, and I think we may have even gotten connected through LinkedIn just (laughs) because of this. Like if you're looking for music and psychology content or articles or journals or research studies, there is a good chance that you'll come across one of our posts because we post a ton of content. And so, Uh and, and this has connected us with a lot of researchers and, you know, again, our community from around the world. Uh huh. Well, I'm kind of pulling together this list just of things I'm gleaning as you're talking that I think would be really great ideas for people to do. 
One of them is what you just mentioned, search on LinkedIn or another platform, or even just on a Google search for music and psychology resources. And if you find one that you like, follow that organization or person on whatever platform they're sharing. Another idea that you mentioned was to explore new music. A lot of us are familiar with playing that breakup song, you know, when we just have that desire to sit with some sad feelings and process those. But I like your idea of trying out some new music, whether it's a new genre, a new artist, and just see where that exploration leads in terms of feelings of creativity or inspiration. Maybe you'll find some new some new artists or music that really do it for you in terms of getting you feeling creative and mm-hmm. feeling whatever it is you're looking for, whether it's calm, joyful, right. strong. Playlists could be really important too, I'm guessing, in that quest, whether it's the playlist for feeling energetic. I imagine most of us have some of these playlists already, whether it's the workout playlist or the playlist I use when I'm running compared to the playlist I use when I'm lifting weights or the playlist I want to play with my family. I know I have a family playlist that's like feel good music to listen to on the weekend when the whole family is around. But again, just being cognizant of the effect that certain music groupings can have on us and our mood and our environment and our feelings of motivation. Uh, And then, intentionally putting together a playlist that inspires those feelings, I think could be really helpful. Any, any thoughts on that? Exactly. I mean, I mean, you, you hit it on the head. That's absolutely. So yeah, using music, being intentional about the music that, or, or approaching music or using music, adding more music. I remember on LinkedIn, I created a, a post what music did you have for breakfast this morning? And it was, and it was <laughs> yeah. great, the the different things that people would share. Because, yeah, I you remember know, that. You remember that? Yeah. And so it was yeah. just, it was super interactive and people were really happy to have that conversation about being intentional about, you know, hey, I'm going to have my breakfast and I'm going to throw on some music as a jump start to my day. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, why not create that for yourself? So yeah, being intentional about the music, being open, exploring and then not only that but listening and paying attention to yourself to see what's happening in the body what's happening in my emotions as i approach this music what's showing up for me what ideas and why and you can even Mm -hmm. discuss those with a professional to help process the feelings if that's something that you're not able to do you know by yourself Mm -hmm. there's so much use of the the term mindfulness within the mental wellness realm Mm -hmm. And that's really coming to my mind now as we're talking about just being aware of what sounds are coming into our head, what music is coming in and the effect that it's having. Do you do a lot with mindfulness and music? Absolutely. When we do our seminars, there are always a mindfulness meditation that is a part of that. But yes, it is definitely a part of the work as well. And of course, because of the stillness that it provides, right? The the sitting with yourself. And creating that moment of just being still and listening to your heart and centering yourself. And so music can help with that as well. Well, that's sort of my takeaway from this conversation is being aware is really the first step. Being aware of what music is in your life and how it's affecting you. When I think about my life, there's so many ways music has been integrated into my life that I don't really even think about. Like, for example, when you brought up the, what music did you have for breakfast? I was thinking, 
I am not a morning person. <laughs> so um, I, I don't really want to talk or <laughs> listen to much in the, in the morning. I'm the same. But, <laughs> are you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm with you there. But my alarm on my phone is a song. It's a track. And it's one that is very like easy. It just kind of like eases me awake. Uh, Some people are like, how do you even wake up to that? And why don't you want something that's energetic and big? I'm like, oh my goodness, that would just drive me crazy. (laughs) Like that would not get me off to a good start in the day. Right, It's more disruptive. (laughs) Yeah. I need the musical equivalent of just slowly cracking the shades and letting a little bit of light come in and just easing into it. So that's one way now that as I'm thinking about it, that music does really, it's been made a part of my life and it does ease me into my day and gets me started off on a gentle foot. So there's that there's, I have ringtones on my phone that are set to songs that I love, mostly Michael Franti songs, like the sound of sunshine, you know, because then when I hear those ringtones, it's like, Oh, the sound of sunshine. It's my daughter calling me, you know? Nice. So those are other ways that I'm, as I'm thinking about it, music has been made a part of my life and just being aware and cognizant of that can increase the benefits at night when I'm getting ready to, for bed and just kind of unwinding. I listen to completely different music yep. than I listen to during the day or while I'm cleaning the house or when sure. I'm on a car ride and really want to have more of that deep listening experience where I'm processing things sure. or if I'm having a dinner party. So Going back to my takeaway, I guess, I'm thinking a great place for any listener to start, regardless of where they are in that mental wellness spectrum, is to just be aware of what you're listening to, how it affects you, and then to take that next step of being more intentional and incorporating some music in ways that you think will help bring you just to the next step on that path of mental wellness. That's the and key. that could be experimenting. It could be using music that's tried and true and you know you get certain results. Well, anything else that you want to mention about how or why music can be an effective tool in the mental health toolkit? Yeah, sure. When we talk about mental health, one of the things that doesn't often get discussed is the cultural stigma. Like, you know, cultural groups generally have a tougher time with traditional counseling or the conversation around mental health, because, you know, if you're talking about mental health, then maybe you're crazy. And so mm-hmm. in building a, in the counseling and therapeutic relationship that, you know, trust is very important. Being open and, and stagnation is also a very real thing. Sometimes clients feel blocked where they don't want to talk or can't really feel or don't have the words. Um, And so music for cultural groups, music and creative arts, expressive arts, that's something that we connect to. That's something that we kind of get. I've heard people say, you know, I don't want to do talk therapy. I don't want to sit with a therapist. I don't want to do that. But this music thing and and creating, I I can do that. You know what I mean? And so it's just really Mm -hmm. a way to approach and have the conversation. But it fosters trust. It builds trust. It breaks barriers, shatters Barriers and then builds a bridge to, you know, this newfound awareness of what actually is mental health and mental wealth. Love that. Well, Jeff, I asked all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda. 
And you have a song that you're going to share with us today in closing. Tell us about the song that we're going to hear next. Yes, sure. So I'll tell you about the song, but I want to I want to share a short story first, if you don't. Yeah. Okay. Sure. This is a story, basically about how I came into music, or even in the question, you know, a moment that has really enhanced your life with music. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was basically the night that I was born. My dad was a musician in concert. My mom is on the front row going into labor and my dad is playing and the baby's kicking and she's trying to get his attention to say, you know, hey, the, the baby's coming. The baby's coming. And he's just playing. He's jamming. And he, he he's, he's looking in a flow state. <laughs> absolutely. And and he looks at her and he says, well, can we play one more song? And she's like, are you kidding? Like, really? One more song? Or, like, no, we have to go now. Right. Do you want to be alive one more night? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And so so they stop. Of course, they don't play another song, but they go to the hospital. And that was the night that I was born. And so, you know, I remember back and even my journey with psychology getting into this, I really wanted to understand more a couple of things. So there are two psychological questions that come up as I reflect on that experience is, you know, what is so special about this moment with music? that my dad was wanting, willing to delay just, you know, a little bit for a few more Mm -hmm. moments within this lived experience on stage, right? Mm -hmm. And then two, what more can be said about the conversation between the baby in the womb and the environment, the musical environment? Because Mm -hmm. she would say, the harder they played, the harder you would kick, the harder they played, (laughs) the harder you would kick, right? So, and so then here I am, a grown person now, and I look at my life and my journey has music has always been there. It's always been a part. So I think that that's really cool. And those those are yeah. a couple of things that I'll probably spend my uh, professional career researching for as long as time will allow. <laughs> and then the song that I that I want to share is it's a song called So. So as a creative artist, um, there are rare moments when you produce a product that you're just kind of like you know, happy with, or really feels, you feel like it really reflects what you were feeling or what you wanted it to, um, you know, what you wanted to share. And so this song, it really encapsulates that for me. And it's also a song that I revisit with other musicians. And so this same song, this was in 2009, this recording, but it's something that I've redone over and over again, and, and you know, as a way of, how do you say it, fostering more creativity, I guess, with other musicians and really, you know, as a way to have this conversation, because it's kind of a a channel that I kind of want to, a moment that I love. And it's a moment that I want to relive as many times as I can. So by Jeff Mims. You can listen to the full version and other songs by Jeff on Spotify. There is a link in the show notes, as well as lots of other links to connect with Jeff and his work and some of the resources he mentioned today. 
If you have any interest in this intersection of music and mental wellness, do yourself a favor and follow Jeff, at least on LinkedIn. He has the best posts. As we mentioned, LinkedIn is how Jeff and I connected and his posts have resulted so many times in me saying, oh, this would be a great episode idea. And it goes on my list of ideas to check into. So thanks for that, Jeff. I want to give a shout out to listener and former guest Lori Orth, who has been delighting me with stories of how she is using the music featured in episode 124, How Can Music Enhance My Dog's Health and Behavior, with Lisa Spector. The music Lisa created for calming and training dogs had its origins and use for preschool children. And Lori sort of took that doggone calm album back to its original roots by using it with her young music classroom students. I just have to share Lori's most recent story that she shared with me. Lori said, Hi, Mindy, I hope you're doing well. I wanted to share yesterday's experience with my K through first graders. We had a boisterous time square dancing, and then I told them we would take a chill break with our, quote, calming music. I still have not told them that the music was actually written to calm down dogs. However, just like the last time I used it, it worked in about three seconds. I kid you not. They were all jacked up after square dancing, breathing hard, and I had them sit down on the floor and started playing one of the Chopin piano pieces in the Doggone Calm album. In about three seconds, they just tipped over like bowling pins and laid on the floor. At the end of the first song, I said, lift one finger if you would like me to play a second song. They all did. Second song, third song, it was so lovely. They actually whined and complained, three exclamation points, when I said, break time is over. Remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Please feel free to copy and paste this to your guest who created Doggone Calm. She could sell a lot of CDs to music teachers, elementary school teachers, everybody in the education industry. My goodness, and head-blowing emojis times five. I said to my teacher's aide for the little kids, oh my gosh, this is like a drug. Look at them. <laughs> Lori adds, the CD is great self-care for calming, and I can't say enough about it. It's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Lori. I love hearing stories like that. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode uh, 124 so that you can look back at that if you'd like. All links from today's episode, including a transcript of this episode, can be found in the show notes at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 128. Please excuse the appearance of my website. I am in the process of revamping it, and it is still a bit of a construction site with not all the links working. So bear with me. Hopefully all links will be properly working soon. In the meantime, you can always reach me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.